Welcome to the Behind the Curtain Podcast, your real-world guide to real estate investment and property management. An interesting thing that's happening right now, Brett, is that you know there have been a lot of real estate acquisitions across the city over the last, let's just say, five years, mm-hmm. really. Um, and uh, so one of the things that we've talked about before is that a lot of people jump in and purchase, and they're immediately set up with a property management company, a brokerage, right. and they assume that when they buy that property that the management company is going to be as quality of an experience as, as was their sales mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is property management is difficult. It's complicated. Sure. You know, every time that we do a podcast, I'm taking time away from my actual management of property and I have to go um, go back to my office once we're done right. and enjoying our time together. And I'm going to be looking through, you know, 30 emails that have come in over the three hours that have been up here. I'll be lucky if it's only 30. Interacting with different departments here in the office. Property management is a hands-on 24-7 business. Sure. Okay. In fact, I haven't had a break, a real break outside of a day off for Christmas or and since the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm coming up on 14 months of just, or maybe we're here uh, of just of property management the entire time. And it's been insane. Here's the point. You get I'm into making. sales. It's much easier. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. The point that I'm making is this. There are a lot of people that are realizing their property management company is not taking care of them the way that they had expected. So when I started out here, I was in leasing. Sure. Right. Yeah. When I got my license, I was in sales, but I was also doing leasing for a little while. Um, and I got to learn a lot about property management from the 30,000-foot overview. I don't know the intricate ins, ins and outs of it or the software and all that. But the difficulty of property management is volume. Oh, yeah. Okay? So when you've got 500 homes and today, let's say, 20 people call in a, uh, uh, an issue, I got a clogged toilet. I got a cracked window. I got a, you know, whatever. Managing that has got to be difficult. So what most management companies do, they just send out a tech to go check it out, fix it, build a, the property owner. Right. Um, which is something we've talked about, right? Some of yeah. our investors have brought that up. Um, but then when you compare that to what other management companies are doing, other management companies are just, they're not even contact, the owner never even knows there's an issue. They just get a bill for it. Right. Um, So, you know, I I know Enterprise is trying hard to manage that part of it. And that's extremely difficult. Yeah. Um, And I tell all my investors that if if you have an issue, if if you're unhappy with something, call me. I said, I'll call Aaron and we'll fix it. We'll figure it out. Because when when you're managing that many properties, it's got to be mind boggling trying to keep up with all the little things here and there that are going wrong that need to be fixed, need to bill for, get paid for. Um, And, but y'all do a good job of it. Thanks. You're not perfect. No. no one's perfect. Right. Um, well, you know, and, and it really comes down to, so let's let's talk about why, you know, no management company is going to be perfect. Here's why. It comes down to profit margins. Sure. Okay. So this is an inside look into property management, uh, profit margins, how we run the business just in general. Management is based on fees, right? So we collect fees on certain work that we do, and we also collect fees on our monthly rent, mm-hmm. right? Those fees for investors are already discounted. Right, right. A lot of investors that that come with us to us with 10, 20 properties. Well, it's because you're competing against other companies right. who do a horrible job. Correct. Hor- I mean, not just a bad job. They're, right. they're the worst. Right. And they're giving Not everybody, their, but some of them. Well, right. the one you know the ones I'm talking about. I do. And they manage garbage. They don't take care of it, but they give investors that, that lower rate. Right. Uh, but unfortunately, a year or two from now, and we I just liquidated, I got one left, an investor we've been working with two years, liquidating mm-hmm. his properties that were with a different management company. You right. took them over. Right. And they were, uh, he was shocked to find out how bad a shape they oh. were in. And he said, if I'd have known saving that extra, that 3% monthly management fee would have sure. cost me, it cost him, he's probably spent, I know he lost 30000 on one house, he spent 20000 on one house. Right. So that little 3% he saved uh, cost him a ton of money. Yeah. It really did. Well, and, and, and look, 
you know, you get what you pay for. You do get what you pay for, but but it's also it, it it comes down to the character of the people that are working in the management office. I remember walking into a management office twelve years ago, and it was maybe it was maybe it was fourteen years ago. It was right before the crash, and it looked like they were having a party in that mm-hmm. management office and nothing was getting done. You could tell that everybody had hired their friends to work there. Yeah. I mean, it was a bunch of young people and, and, and I've got nothing against young people. I've I definitely have hired my friends. Look, I've done all of these things, but the point is you've got to, you've got to keep people on track and that's no fun. No. Um, one, Glenn isn't here today, but one of the things he says to me often, and Glenn is in his mid fifties, mm-hmm. let's say, I think it's late fifties, but we'll say mid fifties, late fifties. He's older than me. Right. Okay. Well, great. Well, and he looks great, doesn't he? Oh yeah. It looks great. Anyway. So the point that I'm making is Glenn looks at me and he laughs and he says, I do not envy your job, Aaron. He's like, look, I have been where you are. I've run these companies and it is hard work yeah it is hard work and so you know the so so here's what's happening right now in our industry and this is one of the things i think is going to be happening for the next four years or so i mean until we actually come out of this dip that we're all predicting right in the real estate marketplace and we get back to a more more optimism less panic buying which is what we're experiencing now and more healthy optimism which is what we like we like a balanced marketplace so we're going to see management transfers at enterprise property management, and they are coming now. They're coming to the tune of uh, five to seven a week right. of people. Now, they don't always sign with me, okay, for various reasons, but they these are people that already own property, and they are realizing their manager does not have their best interest at heart. Nope. And so they are coming over in droves. Again, we don't mention other company names, but these are big local I companies. I know they are. Yeah. And some of them are national companies, yeah. because if, uh, listener, if you have an already figured it out there are national investment groups that have several different cities in which they sell property and manage property well, a lot of these national companies have homeowners that are now coming over to enterprise property management it's super exciting for us because now we get to do what we're really good at right, right, right. Um, which is we i call us the cleanup crew mm-hmm. you know how many times have you have we worked with investors that said exactly that cleaning up the mess joe viramontez uh mm-hmm. was on our show and he talked about how he went through two property management companies mm-hmm. the first one was obviously not going to be a good long-term fit the second one was supposed to be the redemption you know right. of his poor experience prior that didn't happen and then he found us online and he said, you know, I'm going to give these guys a try. And he stayed with us for 12 years, yeah. I think. And so, you know, we want to be your long-term property manager. We want to be the only reason that you ever fire more or less or terminate your contract with enterprise property management. We want the only reason to be because you sold your house, right? right? And not because you're dissatisfied with our services. This is difficult work. You're dealing with a piece of real property with several different complicated systems in that property. And you're dealing with a human being that's living in that property. And you're relying on that, that resident to do their part in order for you to have a successful investment. Really, property management should be a college degree or a master's program. Like there should be because because it's so so complicated. So anyway, that's just one of the things that's happening right now. Well, the key is, and we've had our we've had our you know we've we've gone back and forth with investors, and you know we've had a few that say, well, I can get it cheaper somewhere else. Right, exactly. And, you know, like great, go for it. Right. But um, you know, I end up getting calls back from those guys, and you 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 know who they are, telling me that. The problems they're currently having, right? The new management company, Dude. and I said, "Well, how's that two percent discount working out for you?" Right. Well, and then here's the sad thing: is that they don't know that, like, the the, the lack of service isn't evident for anywhere from six months to a year after you've made that decision. Right, right. You well, know? one of them had just recently left. Called me yesterday. Oh, and uh, I think I got a text from him. Yeah, yeah. He, he's <laughs> he's got a whole scenario now. He's asking me, Brett, man, can I get you to go buy the house and Uh-oh. see if you can look and see what's going on? And I tell him I would. You know, he's. I, I try to. If they leave Enterprise, I tell him, look, if you leave Enterprise, you don't have to stop using me. I sure. say I will still work sure. with you and help you exactly in hopes that I will guide them back this way eventually once they go out and test the waters and realize the grass wasn't greener. Well, I don't even know how he found out. And and look, this this man is still a friend of the company. Yeah, yeah. All right, I, yeah. I like this guy. He's got my personal cell. He texted me yesterday. Mm-hmm. We won't mention he, his name. He won't mention his name, but he said, and he's a he's a he's a guy. He's just a he's a middle aged guy. He's he's a, a contractor in California, and he's said uh he said dude did you know he just t- okay so i gotta set this up better he just took his over, favorite word is dude dude right he took over two properties 
from Enterprise Property Management we've been managing for 15 years. He's trying to save that management money, right? That fee money. And so he took these two properties over. We just placed one tenant in one. Brett was involved in that. And then the other tenant has been a long-term tenant, like a 12-year tenant, okay? Right. All right. He took both of these properties back. He, like, trying to set up rent payment by Venmo. He's going to manage the maintenance on his own through contractors, which he's going to find on the internet, which, good grief, good luck. Yeah. And um, so within the first month, he sends me a text dude did you know that that one tenant is subletting well he explained that to me yesterday i think that's why he wants me to go by so I, here's what i suggest him i said look you send her a notice because she's been she wouldn't allow us to go on the property sure. saying i'm in california i'm not gonna be home and I'm i'll in get in florida whatever yeah so I, I said you need to send her a letter and let her know that you're entering the property on this date give her two weeks notice sure. at this time Right. And then I said, I'll be glad to go over there. Right. And I'll tell you if there's people subletting that house from sure. her. Because you walk in and there's a family living there. You know she's leasing it to them. Right. Now, the funny thing is, is that she's part of this females wealth in real estate group. Mm-hmm. And one of their programs is going to property owners. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Go, you go to a property owner and you say, look, I want to lease your property for five years at $800 a month. Ew, With no. the intention up front, <laughs> sure. the, the land the property owner knows, they're then going to turn around and lease it for 1000 a month sure. and make the middle money. Right. So they're making money on rental property without actually owning it. Right. Or take and they're and they're they're letting the management companies deal with the maintenance, right? Deal with the rehab work right. and all that. Now the thing is, that's a legitimate and legal way to do things. And but I think she's doing it without disclosing it, right. To him and uh, making and, money in the middle. And every version, by the way, every version of, of 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 every enterprise lease that we've signed for 19 years has a clause in there that says subletting is not not allowed. Yeah. You may not sublease the property under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I told him by text is I said, sir, I had no knowledge of this and subletting is not allowed. And every time that we've interacted with the tenant at the property, like she's been physically at the property. Hmm. Like we've, I've never once. Have this may done. be recent. She may have been living there so long sure. that she felt comfortable just moving to Florida or wherever she's at right. and just letting someone take over the lease. And there, she may be making money on it. Maybe she's not. But we'll we'll find out. I told him I'd find out. We'd, sure. He's going to send a letter out. I said, let me know once you sent it, and I'll follow I up. I think there's a there's a slight possibility that he might be back at Enterprise that, within, probably a, so. within a month. And, or, he's had a lot of problems in the short term. He's or he on. could just liquidate you know, his properties, too. He's so. talking about that, maybe liquidating them and moving his money, buying a couple of properties in Cordova. Right. A little better Which area. he would then manage himself, I'm sure, or at least no, try. No, I, I, I think this... Do your best. Uh, Thank you for doing your best. I think it's going to swing. <laughs> I think it's. I think that Taylor ball is coming back around the pole. Right, I do. right. Yeah. I do. So Aaron and I sat down and we were talking about how property management side versus the sales side and the, the different levels of what is expected on both sides and how one side affects the other. Uh, we had that conversation and Joe's name came up in it. So we figured we'd give our listeners a chance to hear that segment again from a couple months ago, I think it was. Joe Vera Montez, I want to thank you for joining us on the Behind the Curtain podcast. You have been with Enterprise now for how many years? Do you know? Oh, it's been at least 10 years. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah, probably maybe eight to 10 years. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I remember when you called me, uh, and I, and I forget who you were with, but um, it was it was really interesting to receive your call because it's it's not every day that an investor calls you on the phone and says, "Hey, I've got about eight properties, and I'd like to transfer all of them to your management. Right. When can you get started?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, that's very uh, uncommon thing. It's uh, it was it was kind of an interesting uh, path. Um, so back in two thousand and eight. If I can take a second just to please bring the um, listeners up to speed on where we're coming from. So in 2008, during the housing crunch, that's when we purchased all our homes in Memphis. And everybody asked me why Memphis? Because uh, we knew somebody over there, a property manager that was getting um, uh, bank owned homes. And, you know, you know, the story back in 2008, bank owned homes, you were able to buy them much cheaper get in and start your, uh, your portfolio, if you will. So that's what we did. And I went from one property manager to another one. And then finally to enterprise, the first two property managers were started off great, but 
um, they did not deliver on what they said they were going to deliver on. And and then right. I found out that there was some shady happenings uh, occurring behind the scenes. So we left one. I won't mention names. And then we went mm-hmm. to another one. And I was happy with the second one. But I just did not feel as though they were really taking care of me and my properties and, and keeping us informed. And then I went on the internet and looked through Yelp and found Enterprise Property Management. And you guys had five stars, you had nothing but great reviews and, and Yelp's a pretty, I think a reliable source. And, and that's when I reached out to you guys and, and it's been fantastic ever since. Well, that's awesome. So let me just ask a couple of questions and then we'll get back into the enterprise experience. I'd like to just trade it right back to you that our experience with you, uh, Joe, has been amazing. Um, we've had nothing but an, an excellent interaction. If you could teach a crash course to investors on how to own and operate uh, real estate, you know, from yeah. 2000 miles away, I wish that you could do that. And, and, and our investors um, have an opportunity to learn from you. Um, so that's, that's kind of what we're going to try to do today is just talk about what your experience was like um, owning real estate here in Memphis and um, what what you would do differently, what you really enjoyed, um, things like that. I just heard a little, a little bit more about your experience. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Before we get too much further, can you tell our listeners what it is that you do for a living now, what your career was like uh, before? Sure. So um, I'm a retired fire captain from the Santa Clara County Fire Department. Um, and, you know, I retired, oh, it's been 10 years ago now. What what happened was I've always been kind of an entrepreneurial guy. And while I've been working in the fire service, you know, I always had little side businesses, something just to augment um, uh, the money coming in from my family. And what happened was my friend, my uh, an old time friend that I grew up with, he knew somebody that was a property manager in Memphis. And so when he was telling me about the homes he was buying, I thought, wow, that that's great, and they they were bank owned homes, so you got them at a discount. Um, but uh, we started buying homes, literally buying a house every month um, back in two thousand and eight, and wow. we we're in a position where um, during that time you were able to buy a house for let's say a hundred thousand dollars, and I was using my home equity line of credit, so I would pay cash for the house. And then I would turn around, go to the bank and get a cash out refinance loan. Well, when right. I did, I was able to get back almost all my money, less, uh, let's say $4,000 per house. So essentially out of pocket, I only had 4,000 out of my pocket for that house because I was wow. able to get a 30 year fixed loan for the house, take that money again, go buy another house and and do the same thing. Go back to the bank, get a 30 year fixed loan. I would only be out $4,000. And essentially we bought our 10 homes for $40,000. And I had all of the homes on a 30 year fixed loan. So I was like kind of rock solid on our loans. I had a friend that got 15 year loans and he got underwater real quick uh, because we ran through a rough patch um, during like 09, 10, and uh, because he had a 15-year loan, which he could have refinanced, but he didn't, he was bleeding every month. So right. with our 30-year loans, we were, were set. And, and, uh, and then it was just a matter of having our homes maintained and, um, and, and going that route. Um, but as, as I found out, not all management companies are the same. So you have to do your due diligence and, and find the best one. Well, that's fantastic. Um, we always try to keep the the positive, the the trend uh, positive uh, on the podcast. But um, I'd, I'd like for if you would uh, just to kind of go in the other direction. Tell us some of the challenges that you had with the old property manager. Like what led you? Maybe just one or two examples. What led you to to consider switching companies? And was Enterprise able to to perform better for you in those areas? Yeah. So as far as property management. When you're a uh, um, uh, absentee landlord, let's say, and you live 
2,000 miles away. Number one, you got to be able to sleep at night. Um, so any investors that you have out there, if they're going to invest and it's it requires a plane flight to get to your rentals, um, if you can sleep at night, then I would say go ahead and do it. If you can't do that, some investors, they have to see their property. They have to be able to drive to it. I, I've known guys in the fire service where they would buy a house in Sacramento, which was a good buy as well, um, because they wanted to be able to drive to it. But um, all the numbers for us work for Memphis and, and I could sleep at night knowing that I had homes out there. I didn't worry about it. Um, but as far as the property managers go, our first one, um, everything started out great. And, and then as we started to work with them, we started to find out that the people that were doing repairs on the homes were actually relatives of the hmm. property manager. Now, I don't ordinarily, I don't care about that. I mean, I understand they have family members. They want to be in on the business. I'm good with that. But myself and some of the other California investors, which we would talk a lot amongst ourselves as far as how things are going, we started to see things popping up that didn't make sense. Um, mm -hmm. We started to see repairs being made that were a lot more than they probably should have been. Um uh, the, the, the monthly, uh, for instance, I want to give a shout out to you guys. Your monthly reports um, every month are fantastic. And it shows Thank me you. exactly what we're spending, money coming in, money going out. So the first property manager, it was just, you know, and, and when we started to ask questions about what's going on, how come this is inconsistent or, you know, we started to kind of probe a little bit more. They got an attitude with us. And from that point on, I was like, I'm out because mm. if, if the property managers are getting an attitude, something's going wrong. You know, right. uh, if, if they were on the up and up, they can easily answer the questions. They could easily say, well, actually uh, let's look at this and boom, 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 and, and spell it out. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It's, it's one of those things when 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 someone's temper is starting to get riled up, something right. is going, they're trying to cover something. So right. after, I don't know, it was probably a couple of years and we realized, you know what, this is not good. And then, so I had to go on the internet, start searching for another property manager. Well, we found mm -hmm. one that I really liked. Um, they, they were fantastic, but they're... Um, their staff was on a shoestring. Um, they mm -hmm. had one person that would actually go out and 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 do uh, um, uh, inspections, mm -hmm. and and you would get an inspection on your house maybe once every year or two years. Wow! And that's the other thing I like about Enterprise is that you guys do your quarterly or semi-annual uh, yeah. inspections. Um, granted when I get that paperwork in, I know I'm going to be spending money, but that's the other thing as an investor, you just have to know you're going to be spending money. You got to spend money to make money or to have an investment that you can make money on down the road. So, um, but you guys always go out, you inspect the properties, which is what I loved. I got a great, clear, concise report. Um, so, yeah, the second property manager, they just could not handle the bandwidth. Their bandwidth was pretty small. So, and, and, and again, I liked them, but I just didn't feel, I felt like my homes were slipping through the cracks and, you know, deferred maintenance was starting right. to uh, add up. And uh, if we had somebody out there, you know, once a month, once a quarter, once, you know, uh, twice a year, I would have been happy with that, but they couldn't handle that. So right. I wound up looking for yet another property manager. And that's how I stumbled onto you guys. Well, and it, what's so weird is that I remember that initial call um, that you had with me and and you sound exactly the same uh, now that as you did 10 years ago. Yeah. And um, you're an excellent director of, of people. Um, and so like one of the things that we didn't talk about, um, it, could you briefly describe what it is that you do right now, what you have been doing okay. uh, over the course of the past 10 years for a living? Cause I find that particularly interesting. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's, I like that's, it. That's a good question. <laughs> you may need an hour for that one. Okay. Uh, so, um, you know about my fire background? I do. I've always been an entrepreneur by heart. Um, right. I've always been 
looking for how can we do things better? Um, how can we do this to where it works better for us? So that ha- that was going on in the fire service. And obviously, I had multiple side businesses. I had a painting business. I had a chimney sweep business. Um, uh, yeah, I was always entrepreneurial and, and thinking of getting ahead. Um, yeah, but yet at the same time, very content with my life as well. I got a great right. family. I have grandkids now who just got here and my wife and the grandkids and the dog, you don't hear any barking anymore because they went for a walk. Right. Um, so I, I am contented, uh, but yet not sedentary with that. Uh, I'm right. always striving and, and looking to kind of stay busy, if you will. Um, so what I, and Aaron, this is where you and I actually uh, got a chuckle out of this one. So I thought of a TV, I came up with a TV show idea. Remember that one, Aaron? Uh, I do, Plates yeah. on Fire? Yes. Yes. For Food so, Network. Yes, yes. So I came up with this idea about a cooking show where firefighters would cook in the fire station and they would have a competition and the proceeds would go to their favorite charity. I love that. So, um, and that was all systems go. I had producers from LA calling me and saying, oh, this is great. This is great. One thing leads to another. I actually went down to LA one day. We went to different firehouses. We scouted locations. I signed a contract and I thought, here we go, man. We're yep. going Hollywood. And yeah. um, and all of a sudden things started to fall through. And and that's a long story in itself. I mean, it was a roller coaster of events that uh, eventually led me to saying, you know what, that's not what's meant to be for me. So right. um, with the, the TV show idea, I set it off to the side. But what I've recently been doing is in my retirement and actually right before I retired is I started a school safety business where we go out. It's called ICS for Schools. We go out and we actually build safety teams at the school sites. So no matter what, whether it's a shooting, an earthquake, a fire, a bomb, whatever the hazard is, we go into school sites and school districts and we train up a safety team among the teachers. They have their, their own safety team. So we've been doing that now since 2007. And we work I love with that. 17 school districts all throughout California. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, but but the, the important thing there is that when things really go down, when then there's a disaster, everybody essentially is going to be on their own because fire and police are going to be busy going to different calls. Mm-hmm. We want the school districts to be able to take care of their own. So mm-hmm. we come alongside the schools to make sure they can take care of themselves during yeah. an emergency. So that's what we've been doing. I've developed two apps. Um two applications that you can use on your phones, Android or iOS. So cool. (laughs) And um, I received two U.S. patents on the schools app and another app that we're spending off and actually starting to market it now. Thank you for allowing me to plug this. Absolutely. um, We spun off another app to where safety teams, security teams at at venues at the uh, University of Memphis basketball arena. um, Yeah. Memphis Grizzlies, that the security team, safety teams have an app that they can respond with each other on Mm -hmm. and say where there's an incident. You know, how are we going to respond to get there? Um, What are the hazards involved with it? So our app for that is actually starting to take off. Um, So I've got my hands kind of filled up with uh, things that I have going on besides my investments. Well, I, I think that's fantastic. You know, Joe, um, I was working in the schools before I started in real estate and so um, and still work at nonprofit. My, I've got three teenagers. You and I have talked yeah. about our kids over the years. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that there is something to your whole story um, that is worth listening to and, and, and really appreciating for most real estate investors. 
it is really rare that I come across a real estate investor who is not somehow family oriented. Right. Um, you know, I even had a, one of my other favorite investors that I work with. Um, he came to town probably 2014, 2015. And when he came to town, he, he had just gotten married. Um, and, uh, he's a, he's a really successful, um, uh, real estate, uh, uh or realtor yeah. in thousand Oaks. Okay. Right. And, um, you're in California anyway. Yeah. They're in California. A lot, lots of my investors are there in California. And, um, and he now has two kids and to, to hear the change in his voice from, you know, 2014 when he was all about making money and being successful. And he was, he was very critical of, of the process. He was very critical of us and, and he should be, I think, um, investors need to ask tough questions, something you've always been, been very good at. Now he has kids. Now there are other, other things that he's doing. And so to circle it all the way back around to you, Joe, um, if, if I, and not that this is in the script at all, but if I was to use you as an example for other investors, I would say that you have you've always had an excellent balance of um, uh, of, of giving direction and having expectations of your property managers. You didn't sit back and wait for us to suggest every possible solution. Right. You came up with your own solutions. Yeah. Um, and you would often say, hey, you know, I understand that we've, we've got this situation with this tenant or with this particular house. I've been thinking about it. I'd like to do this. And your ideas were always well thought out. So by the time, you know, you came around to us, um, I would say 95% of all of your ideas were sound. Um, and we were able to take direction and move forward and provide a solution. Um, and so that's been really good. The The flip side of it is this, the other point I would recommend to investors that I feel like you've always embodied with us um, is that when something is small, you don't, you don't worry about it too much. Right. You say, you know what? That sounds like a small thing. Right. Um, I think you should take care of it. How much is it? Um, you know, if it was a maintenance issue or if it was a tenant request, you were always very, very flexible um, because you had already thought about the list of things that were important to you right. um, that that you were going to say, now this is a big deal. I'm going to keep this a big deal. And then everything else that wasn't a big deal, it fell into this, the small deal, you know, pile. Um, and you would say, well, how would you handle it? So that would be the third thing you've always asked for our advice. Right. And, uh, in our opinion about situations, as you know, with enterprise, we're always backing up our recommendations with pictures. Um, if it's a maintenance situation or if it's a tenant discipline situation, um, so we, we already have our initial set of pictures. And then if you say, well, you know what? I would specifically like these pictures or I would specifically like this inspection of this house, these rooms or these systems. Can you get that for me? And of course, Enterprise, one of the the promises that we make to all of our investors is that not only our staff, but also our vendors will take whatever picture you need. You right. know, like our investors are never in the dark uh, about the decision that they're making, the money that we are suggesting that they spend to repair or replace a system or a unit. Um, documentation, as as you've mentioned, has always been a, a a plus of working with enterprise. And so, um, so yeah, just the balance I feel like of of the capacity that we've had to serve not only you, but all of our investors, you've really keyed in on that and said, you know what, in order to sleep at night, I'm going to take full advantage of enterprise and everything that they're offering me. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like having a, a credit card with rewards, you know, right. a, a, a good rewards card is going to have a long list of rewards. It could be sky miles. It could be concierge services. You know, it could be all kinds of stuff, you know, pick you up from the airport, drop you off at your hotel, whatever. And most people don't think to look at that list of rewards for having that reward card. Um, they just use it to maybe fly and, and, and maybe get cash back or something, but they don't investigate and see what all that that credit card could do for them. And I feel like with most of our investors, it's the same way when they interact with enterprise. You, on the other hand, you read the management agreement, you understood how real estate worked. Um, and you said, you know what, I'm going to take advantage of all these services. Right. <laughs> that was great. Right. Yeah. And we never complained, you know, I mean, I mean, maybe once. <laughs> no, it, it's been <laughs> a, a fantastic relationship. Well, the fact that I've been with you guys, like, I don't know, it's been eight to 10 years. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, that shows 
a couple of things. One is that you guys have a rock solid business. And I'm not just saying this because I'm on the podcast. I'm saying it because, you know, you and I have talked off the air, so to speak. Oh, several times. Um, so you know what I'm about to say, but um, you guys have been fantastic. Oh, by the way, your help staff at the office is awesome. You know, Ginger and and Lauren and, and I know there's more, but those are the two primarily that I've spoken with. And they have been nothing but professional um uh, uh, kind of, uh, I don't know the right word for it, but down home with me. Um, I, I felt yeah. like I was talking to a relative, Hey Joe. So, okay. Yeah. This is what we going on. And, and Mr. Joe and, and this and that. And, uh, I just, uh, I love everything about the business. I mean, you, from, from you being the head of the business to your uh, staff members, to, um, People that uh, I met, that retired firefighter who uh, oh, yeah. working with you, and uh, you know it was, just, and I came out too. That's another thing. That's right. I actually flew out to Memphis to look at my homes, kind of get my eye on them. And at one point, I was I was thinking about, well, I'll do this once a year. It actually, wound up being like once every other year or once yeah. every couple of years, because um, yeah. I knew you had my back and I knew you yeah. had. Uh, my homes under care. So, yeah, no, and and I got to know you better from us palling around it for a yeah. day here, day there. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's all good. Yeah, and we've even uh, we've shared some you know life challenges with yes. each other too. We've, yeah, we've we've talked about just real life stuff, and, yeah. um, and and so like I've really appreciated you and your character. Um, you know, I personally gravitate toward leaders leaders and uh you're you are a phenomenal leader you've been a leader for your houses you've been an advocate for your houses and your personal interest and you know one of the things that um new investors may struggle with is understanding how to advocate for their own interests in ways that are um that is respectful um and that is you know appropriately self-seeking um you know and and your property management company should also be seeking your best interest. And so um, I feel like with enterprise, you know, we right off the bat um, had a great um, energy, a great dialogue. Yeah. A lot of investors struggle, you know, even with my staff people that you were talking about, you said, Lauren, we have had a couple of Lauren's here over the years. I think you meant Lindsay um, or Lindsay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Lindsay is, is fantastic. Um, and just a real quick shout out to her. And then also to ginger. Yeah. Um, just real quick, let me just encapsulate those three, Lindsay, Ginger, and Melinda. So Lindsay yes. is our head of onboarding. So every single investor, when they're onboarding a property with enterprise property management, whether it be for purchase uh, or if they're just doing a management transfer, which Lindsay did for you, um, and Ginger did as well, and there was a young lady named Jesse. Anyway, I could I could go down the alphabet tree of sure. all the names of people who've worked here. But right now, it's Lindsay, Ginger, and Melinda. So Lindsay, head of onboarding, she's also helped you in a very, very um, cool thing that we're going to talk about in the second half of our conversation is the fact that you have chosen to sell your houses yes. um, here in 2021. Right. Um, you started back in 2020. It was a long uh, uh, process, and we'll get to that here in just a second. But you've been able to utilize Lindsay and and ginger in the selling process. Yep. Um, and what Lindsay does for our investors who, you know, for whatever reason, it's time for them to sell their property. Um, uh, our investors utilize Lindsay's skill to be able to uncouple um, from those properties from a property management aspect. Um, and to our listener, just real quick, you know, it it's tough to lose friends like Joe, um, but there is a time in every investor's experience where they're going to want to, you know, liquidate uh, property in order to accomplish the next task or the yep. next um, uh, mission in yep. their investment life. And so Joe did that. Um, Ginger, of course, has been a phenomenal. He Ginger's does. been with Enterprise longer than Joe has. Um and is just like knows everything about property management, knows everything about our processes and and maintenance teams and stuff like that. She also does make readies. That's a huge deal. Um, property managers have to have somebody that that can watch over the make ready process when a property is vacant and also save the investor money. So another nod to Joe real quick. He always asked for how can we save money? Do we absolutely have to do this maintenance um, request? Um, and you know what? The answer was often no 
I can't say often, but sometimes yeah. no. Um, so look, investors, ask the question. We will tell you if you have to do this maintenance item or not, or if it's just like a nice to have kind of thing. Right. Um, let's see. And then Melinda, of course, is head of leasing and uh, she's leased up every single one of your properties from day one. Yeah. Um, and it's just excellent eyes in the field. She's a phenomenal realtor um, and leasing agent. So can, can I mention some real quick? Yeah. So talking about keeping the properties uh, filled up, um, that was one of the problems that we had early on with the two previous, uh, actually the middle uh, property manager that I alluded to um, was the fact that we would have a house go vacant and it would be vacant for months. I'm talking like two, three, four months. And we kept thinking, I know we're out here in California, but we should be able to get those rented pretty quick. And that's the thing that I tell all my buddies who have homes over there about you guys, about enterprise is that when we get a vacancy, we, you guys go in, you get it rehabbed and we get it rented really quickly. And I was like one of the only guys saying, well, they would ask me, so Joe, are your houses fully rented? Yeah, they're fully rented. I thought you had a vacancy. Yeah. We got somebody in it really quick. So Um, you guys work very diligently on on going through that process of, uh, you know, getting it filled again, because for us investors, that's all that's what we rely on. Get someone in there so we can someone qualified right. so that we can uh, have it rented. That's the whole play. So yeah. you guys are outstanding on that. So I just want to mention Thank that. you. Thank you. And by the way, um, as a good segue into the sales aspect yeah. uh, of, of the, the second half of our conversation, just found out from Ginger that um, that one property we were discussing before has paid her April rent. So, Perfect. you know, to all of our listeners, as we dovetail into, you know, the just the why, you know, why you're leaving Enterprise, yeah. um, you are now fully paid up. So by the end of this month, you will not have any Memphis tenants anymore. That's correct. So how crazy. Yeah. So uh, here, here, okay. So uh, my wife and I, as Aaron mentioned, you know, we all go through these life stages and my wife and I, for the longest time, we've always wanted to build a house up in the mountains over here where we're at. It's a few hours away and uh, we've always wanted to do that. Well, we came across uh, uh, a location that we totally fell in love with. And now we're getting ready to build our mountain house, right? So um, I say all of that to say that um, we we what we had to make a choice. It was okay. Do we pull from our four hundred one k to pay for this, or uh, we do have Memphis? Can we keep Memphis and still do this? Well, for us, the 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 choice was we had to liquidate and sell the homes in Memphis, which is bittersweet. I mean, again, I've <laughs> loved working with Enterprise. I love having those properties because you know they they've uh, done really well for us when it comes to tax season. Um, mm-hmm. So. Um, so we opted to sell the Memphis homes. And initially, when I mentioned it to you, Aaron, about selling the Memphis houses, we were talking about having an investor, how he can come in, kind of swoop in and, and buy all of them at one uh, time. And and that that obviously sounds really good. Um, mm-hmm. the, the only thing is I, I wanted to sell them on the open market because I knew I would get more money on the open market. It's harder to do. You have to deal with leases, which is what we've had to do with deal with. Um, there's a, uh, um, you know, trying to have tenants leave, especially right after COVID um, or, uh, you know, trying to get them vacant, hoping and almost praying that they come back in decent shape, that we don't have mm-hmm. to invest too much money to get them on the market. But essentially what we decided was we're going to sell them on the open market um, we could have gone a little bit easier route by going to investors, but, you know, investors are looking at ROI. So, you know, which is understandable, but I right. did not want to let them go. I would be leaving too much money on the table. So I would say as an investor, if you're looking to maximize your, your, your investment, um, you may have to go the harder route and that is to wait for the leases to come to the end or uh, ca- 
cash for keys or something like that and then rehab them and sell them. But in the end, you will make wind up making more money if you sell them on the open market as opposed to an investor. But an investor is a great way to go if you just want to, you know what, I'm cashing out. I have another investment that I want to put my money in. So you may choose that alternative. Both both pathways are um, realistic and, 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 you know, it, it could work for, for depending on who the investor is, I guess, is what I'm saying. Right. Let me just jump in real quick and then I'll hand it back to you. This is a highly unusual time in Memphis yeah. um, and really all over the, the country when it comes to real estate. Yeah. Um, we are, I think, as a nation uh, struggling with a lack of product. Um, yes. And, and, and we're also, you know, we've, we've been seeing, this is, uh, April of 2021. We have, uh, been, been blessed and fortunate, uh, to have such low interest rates for yes. years. Yeah. And so, um, as, as we've stated in previous uh, podcast episodes, when your home be also becomes your workplace, um, people begin to leave, you know, spend less time in the commercial buildings where they have been working all these years. Um, and, uh, and, and they, they're staying at home. Their children have been home from school. And so, you know, there's been this huge just mix of, of factors which have led to a, um, a low, low inventory all yeah. over the United States. So Memphis has never, Joe, by the way, Memphis has never experienced such low inventory as it's experiencing right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think largely because um, uh, interest rates being so low, people that had not purchased before now are deciding to purchase. Yeah. Uh, but then also investors are willing to pay so much more um, with some of the earnings that they've had in the stock market. Yes. So um, there's this diversifying that's happened, uh, and and we've been preaching diversification and real with real estate right. uh, for decades, and uh, it it all these factors came together all at once in 2020. It bit down, all the product evaporated. So to our listener, what I want you to know is that um, normally, not in a COVID you know, year or two years, right. investors would be able to compete with the open market and what, with what Joe was trying to do. Um, and investors are learning how to compete again. It's quite possible, Joe. I, I don't know if you know much about your buyers because don't you have contracts on a couple of the houses by uh, now? Well, here's the interesting thing. Um, okay. We have contracts. Well, we've already closed on one. Right. And, and my realtor is doing a fantastic job, but okay. um, we closed on one. We're closing on three more by the end of this month. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, by the end of April, we're listing another house in about another week, and that'll probably sell really quick because it's kind of my prize, my prize property of all six of them. Um, mm -hmm. I'm down to six now, um, mm -hmm. and then as we alluded to, the uh, uh, the final one will be sold probably by. Uh, a couple of weeks after in May. So by the second. Right. So in other words, we've been able to do all of this within a period of a month and a half. Yeah. To sell all six properties. But, you know, I want to mention something real quick, if I can. Um, yeah. The whole what makes an investor successful is education. And that's what I was taught a long time ago. Educate yourself in whatever field you're going into, you will be successful. And because I wanted to get involved in real estate, I got my real estate license out here in California and I learned more about homes. And, and, and so there, there's actually two parts to this and you, and you already hit on it. The first one is if you're educated, you see the open windows when they happen. You see the, the signs, you see the trends. And then that way, and then if you have the cash, you have cash and education, that's powerful. That Not powerful, but that's advantageous. When you have cash and you, you can see the trends. For instance, for us in 2008, that was the housing crunch. We, because, and I'm not pumping myself up. I'm just saying I had an understanding of real estate and financing to the point where in 2008, I knew I can buy a house for $4,000, I bought 10, I got them into financing, and I literally did that, Aaron, in one year. Wow. Now, if you remember, in 2009, the uh, lending industry shut down. 
Right. In fact, I told my friends, I said, you guys, we got to buy as many houses as we can right now in 2008, Mm -hmm. because this lending window is not going to stay open. And at the time I thought, well, maybe it'll close in middle of 09 or maybe in 10, but I, I charged hard bought the 10 houses. And again, I'm not pumping myself up. I'm just saying, when you see the signs, when you see the indicators yeah. and, and you have the cash, you are in a, a really strong position. And then sure enough, the lending cra- or, uh, collapsed. Like I, the lending closed the window, like I thought. I had my 10 houses. I had 30-year fixed loans. Interest rates were down somewhat then. So we bought the houses. So now fast forward 12 years later, Aaron, and here we find ourselves. And like you said, in Memphis, inventory's low. Uh, buyers are high. Um, interest. I mean, it, the, 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 the window of opportunity right now, I would say anybody that's looking to invest or buy should do it right now because this wow. window is not, as far as interest rates, is not going to stay open forever. It's going to close. And when I say close, interest rates are going to go up. Buyers are going to go down because of the high interest rates. And then you're going to start getting more inventory on the market because not as many people are buying because- they don't want the high interest rates or right. higher interest rates. So right now, back in 08 was a great time to buy. Right now is a great time to buy or sell. And in my case, mm-hmm. sell. We we put our houses on the market. Aaron, we got multiple offers from 10 to 20,000 over. Oh, yeah. On all of them, like the next day after we had them on the market. So um, wow. right now is a premium time to buy or if you're an investor, sell or buy more and, um, and, and make your next move. And, and right. that's what you get. We as an investors or people who are buying homes, we have to educate ourselves so that we can see all the indicators and, 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 and know that, okay, now is our time to do whatever it is you want to do. So that's a really important thing that you alluded to. And I just wanted to emphasize to your point that, um, we have to educate ourselves and understand the trends, the cycles, because if you do, you'll be successful. And if you don't, well, then you'll just um, kind of have to deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, you know, we there are all different ways to educate yourself. You yes. know, um, I think probably what we're doing right now is one of the main ways that investors can educate themselves. Um and that's to, you know, get into the, the various forms of media that are out there. Podcasting is a great way to learn about real estate investment, yes. um, you know, on a large scale, on a nationwide scale. You can listen to uh, several different uh, real estate investment podcasts. And then yep. if you're interested in a specific city, that city probably has a, a podcast uh, like ours uh, talking about Memphis, Tennessee, um, real estate investing as a whole. But obviously, you know. Our city, which is roughly a million people, um, a little more if you count some of the suburbs all around, um, is is very specific. Every city is very specific. Joe, you know this. Um, you've you've invested in different cities over the years, and so right. you know Memphis is very specific. We're very relational, uh, which is one of the reasons why yes. you and I have gotten along so well. Um, yeah. And and everyone in our town is that way. And so often, uh, Joe would often have questions about, well, how this is exactly what I want to do, and he would use the the property management company as his as agents, his representatives to be able to translate that into what his vision would be specifically for Memphis and specifically for the resident of that particular property that he's in. Um, and so, you know, learn, learn the city you're going to be investing in. Joe learned Memphis. He, he started off with a good property manager. It, uh, he, he realized, you know, uh, shortly into the relationship that things weren't working out. He, uh, he made a switch to enterprise. Uh, I think the first year, you know, we were, we were feeling each other out, you know, you were giving some direct and and we were taking them and we we were in essence catching up to speed with Joe yes. Montez. I mean, yeah. we had to learn how quickly you were rolling and exactly what you wanted to do and what you meant when you right. when you said what you wanted to do. So we but we we figured each other out and uh we were we had a good balance within the first year and then Joe you then began to recommend um other people that were retired fire um yeah. to move over to us. Yeah. And we still have hilariously relationships 
experience with a lot of those fire. It's right. insane. Right. I mean, I'm not going to mention names, but like we talk to these guys every month. Right. And, and so you've, you've, uh, you've been a huge asset to us when it comes to, to growing inside of the community of other people that you're, that, that we're purchasing right. and investing here in Memphis. And so, um, you know, if I could just ask a, a favor to the listener, if you do end up coming on with enterprise, you like working with us and you kn- know, other people who have invested it here in Memphis, um, I would encourage them to give us a call as well. You know, we get a, a ton of word of mouth uh, referrals from investors who are very pleased with our services. Um, there's, a, I forget where he is, but he's somewhere in Southern California, a police officer who has referred other police officers uh-huh. uh, to come and work with us. And and that's been a great experience. And so sure. in the end, that just to sort of kind of wrap up our conversation, your end goal for selling was to fund in part um, this vacation home for you and your family yes. because your real investment in, in your whole life has been your children yep. and they've had their own children. And so just yep. your much, much larger family being able to provide right. that for them. And would you say that investment real estate has been a part of that journey for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. We would not, I've said this over and over, we would not be able to make this move to build our kind of dream mountain house, if you will. Um, and I say that with all sincerity. I'm not like, uh, oh, yeah, we're building our, our house in Bel Air or whatever. I, I'm saying this very sincerely, right. but um, we would not be able to do what we're doing right now if it wasn't for the homes in Memphis, period, period. I mean, we just, yeah, we could have taken money out of a 401k, but that's stupid. Uh, well, yep. maybe <laughs> that's a little harsh, but that's not the wisest <laughs> move to, to make. Right. Um, but yeah, we could have done that or we could have. But honestly, the the wisest and, and I think the best move for us would be to take one investment that we have, liquidate it and move it to another like kind, almost like a 1031 exchange, like mm-hmm. kind property. That was the wisest move for us. And we would not again be have been able to do this if it wasn't for Memphis. Who would have thought back in 2008? I mean, I never, I always thought, well, I'm just going to hold on to the houses for, you know, I'm going to pay them all off, have that passive income coming in, which is a great way to do it. But who would have thought in 2008 that our investment that we made would parlay into the mountain house of our family dreams. Because as Aaron said, our family, we've always been about, uh, we always say, how do you spell love? We say, we spell it T-I-M-E. And mm-hmm. and really what we're saying is we want to spend time with all of our family. And now we got our grandkids going, we'll be going up to this house. Um, our kids, I was just talking to my wife about it earlier. You know, we've always vacation together. When they were kids, they loved going with it. They they love hanging out with mom and dad. Well, they still love hanging out with mom and dad. Um, But now it's the grandkids loving hanging out with, you know, Papa and Nana. So that's what it's all about right there, Aaron, for us. For us, it's about family. How do you take an event? And it goes back to what you were saying earlier, balance. Yeah, I'm involved in, I got these zany ideas about TV shows or, um, well, not zany ideas working with schools. That's really legit. But um, I've got all these ideas, but it's always been balanced with family, spending time with your kids. um, And for us to be able to parlay Memphis to do this and to spend more time with our kids and grandkids in the mountains. At the end of the day, when my life is, down the road more, hopefully, um, I'll be able to look back and say, you know what? We did it right, man. We, yeah. I wasn't too overboard on investing to where yeah. I never spent time with my kids. Um, I never did it uh, overboard on investing where I was always gone from my kids because I'm working on the, on the properties. We, we had balance. We had the yep. investments. We got our family. And now we're just continuing that, albeit more at around here. Mm-hmm. So, well, and 
And so, and I want to touch on a couple more things, and then and then uh, and then we'll close. And I and I, I'd like for you to tell the um, the listeners the name of the applications that you've created as well, so that they can hear those. But um, but but I, I think here's a big thing that I want the listeners to know. Just a couple more things about Joe as as he exits, because this conversation has been a long time coming, um, and I've enjoyed every second of it. Um, so, a cool thing about Joe, and again, I want to go back to leadership. Uh, and really, you know, really praise Joe as far as his interaction with us over the years. He, Joe's an excellent leader. If you need, like, not only educate yourself about real estate, but listener, I would also encourage you to educate yourself about leadership uh, because it doesn't matter who you are, young or old, male or female, There, nothing is holding you back from being an excellent leader. And uh, Joe's leadership has shown up in a couple of different ways. The first way is uh, delegation. So Joe, uh, over the years, has been able to delegate. He he met us. He learned us. Um, he he you know he tested us, and then he trusted us. Um, and so we were able to take the you know six to eight houses that we managed for Joe all these years. And we, he knew uh, that if there was a situation that he needed to pay attention to, that we would reach out to him and say, Joe, we need your advice. He also knew uh, that we were highly organized in the way that we would present that information. Um, so we were ready. I wouldn't just, you know, it was a, a rare thing that I would just call Joe and say, hey, Joe, just want to let you know this is going on. I don't have pictures. I don't have an estimate. I don't have these things. I just want to call and let you know that rarely happened you you know most of the time we were able to if we had emergencies we were able to control the situation have pictures have an inspection have an estimate and then i would call joe or email joe and say hey heads up just want to let you know this is going on here's all the information you need to make a decision there you go what do you want to do um and so joe knew us enough to be able to trust us. He delegated that work to us he delegated the worry uh or not the worry but the um uh the the burden, if you will, the the necessity of paying attention to his investments, at least on the physical side, which is happening here locally, he delegated that to enterprise and he, he got to know the staff, learned to trust them. And he stayed with us the whole time, which is a huge compliment. Um, the fact that he didn't feel the need to go somewhere else while he was with us, it's a huge deal. Um, so first was delegation. And secondly, um, and Joe, if you just talk just a little bit about this, this is not the first time that you came to us and you said, you know what, I'm thinking about selling my houses. Um, you actually, uh, the, one of the times that you came out, you came out to evaluate your houses. It was early, uh, either in 17 or 18 or maybe been 16 and you you said, hey, Aaron, I'm coming out. I want to meet with your real estate sales team. I want right. to go look at all my houses. I'd like to go inside of them, see the outside of them. I'm going to spend the day just kind of thinking about it. I'm thinking about selling my houses. So this, is, this has been a long time coming. But even back then, you weren't ready. You, you came out. Right. And this is where you're a good leader again. You came out, you you assess the situation, and yeah. you said, you know what? It's not time yet. And yeah. I, I remember talking to you, you know, a week, two weeks after your trip, and you were like, yeah, it's not time yet. I'm going to hold off. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> but and, – and that's the thing. I mean, you know, you, you when you go into investing – or actually anything in life, really, anything in life, you have to, uh, um, uh, you know – I'm a person of faith. So, you know, yeah. I'll go into it. I'll look at it. I'll, I want to get my eyes on it. No doubt about it. Um, I'll, I'll evaluate uh, all the options and whatnot. I pr- we pray about it. And, and then at the end of the day, we, we have a contentedness, as I mentioned, about what it is we're doing or not going to do. And um, so I, I got to admit, you know, a lot of that comes from our, our faith in God and, and yeah. how we conduct our life. Um, and, and that's, that has been a guiding light for us. Um, and so, uh, I don't, I don't know how politically correct I have to be, but that's just what I'm going to say. At all. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you're always open to, okay, if not this path, what path then? And, and right. kind of go from there. Um, and that's what allows me to sleep at night, yeah. honestly, 
that's what allows me to lay my head down and and be able to get a great night's sleep because we've considered the options we right. we prayed about it and we are content with whatever it is uh we're moving forward on so that's 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 who we are that's what we do I think that's fantastic. Um, and, you know, we're very similar in that regard. Uh, over the years, I've, I've calmed down quite a bit, um, taking the time to step back and reflect on, on big decisions right. and, uh, especially in real estate, because, you know, the, the 400 some investors that we work with, they all rely upon us to make the most sound, right. uh, judgment, give the most sound advice that we can so that they can make the best decision. Um, they're, you know, and, and so that's paid off. Yeah. So, um, Joe, I have just so enjoyed thoroughly, uh, being able to spend it. We'll just call it eight years. I don't think either you or I actually have an exact number, but the last eight years together with you and, and in yeah. this process. And, um, and I can't wait to see pictures of the mountain home. Well, Hey, before we go, um, tell our listeners about the apps that you've developed just really quickly. I'm okay. sure they can find them on the app store, kind of like what you were saying before. What are the names yep. of those apps? So um, uh, two websites you can go to. Is, the first one is ICS, the number four schools.com. That's our business where we go and help schools to prepare themselves for emergencies. Um, that's the first one, ICS, the number four schools.com. The second website is ICS, the number four S.com. It's not schools, just ICS, the number four S.com. And, and that is the app that we use for that. That's the app that we're really pushing now to help security teams and safety teams all over the world, really, on um, organizing and mobilizing to be able to take care of an emergency at a venue or um, it's uh, the thing we always talk about is radio traffic is horrendous during a real emergency. Mm-hmm. Our app eliminates all the radio traffic and allows us to say, get to lives faster and save lives faster. Well, look, I, I wish you all the luck with everything and God bless you. And thank you so much for spending the time with us. And, um, and I know that you and I'll be talking yes. forever. So yep. Yep. We'll stay yep. in contact for sure. All right, Joe. Thanks so much for coming on. Okay, Aaron. Thank you again. Take care, bro. You too. Thank you for listening to Behind the Curtain Podcast, your real world guide to real estate investment and property management. Be sure to subscribe at BehindTheCurtainPodcast.com. And if you'd like to learn more about Enterprise Property Management's real estate services, please visit us on the web at EPMRealEstate.com. This has been a Sound Ideas Group production for Enterprise Property Management, Inc.